Welcome to a podcast with Aaron Schultz. Men's mental health matters. Live life with an outback mind. Thank you so much for joining in today, episode 240. Now, really, uh, really interesting guest we have on, a Torres Strait Islander man, um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander man. A gentleman by the name of Kiwat Canell. Now, Kiwat is uh, an up-and-coming artist and he's very, very, I suppose, deep and connected to his culture. And uh, I love seeing um, Indigenous men you know, go deep and talk about their spirit, their culture, their connection with the, 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 the planet, with, with the country here that we're, we're, we're grateful to be living on. You know, we, we, we just take for granted so much uh, in modern society and that's really... Um, not great for our mental health, is it? You know, we need to be more grateful for the opportunity that we've actually got to be on on these guys' land. You know, I, I just yeah, I, I have to like stop and pinch myself sometimes to think, um, you know, just how how lucky we actually are to be here. And Indigenous uh, Australians need the, the full respect of us all. You know, um, and we need to be able to embrace the culture because it's so important. It's so. Uh, critical to the, the, I suppose, the the fabric of humanity uh, worldwide, and we need to be able to do what we can to showcase the culture. You know, give uh, that awareness back to be able to improve our own mental well-being and understanding. You know, I, I believe that the deepest teachings that we have are right here in our, in our backyard. We we're just not exposed to them, and we're not connecting with them. You know, Indigenous Australian culture is so deep, so rich, um, so amazing. It just gets back to the. The core, the core essence of humanity at the end of the day. So Kawat and I are going to talk about that and everything else in between. So I'm sure you're going to really enjoy this chat. Uh, the Outback Mind Foundation, we've got a new documentary coming out soon called Healing, Men, Healing Men's Minds, uh, which is a powerful documentary around uh, some lived experience and also you know practical ways in we can actually live more uh, conscious and aware moving forward and become more, I suppose, emotionally literate, which is you know our, our vision to be able to do more of that. So... First screening is in Gladstone Cinema, September 1st, 2023. If you'd like to potentially book a, a private viewing in your community, in your workplace or your club, please reach out to me, uh, email support at outbackmind.org.au. Love to be able to get this out there. Start conversations around practical ways to manage our mental health better. It's so much more important than being reactive and waiting for something's wrong. So please reach out. Uh, please uh, appreciate your feedback on this uh, conversation with Kawat and I uh, via email as well. Uh, be so grateful. Kiwat, welcome. Thank you. Well, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Really, uh, really blessed to have you on. Have you done many podcasts yet? Um, I actually do host um, a radio show myself um, down here. Yeah, I'm a volunteer radio host, Triple R. And uh, so I've got my own sort of show. So I've done a few of these. <laughs> Amazing. Now, Triple R, a, a very, uh, I suppose, old uh, community station, which is, uh, you know, re- really good at, um, I suppose, showcasing talent and, and embracing you know, community conversations. So good on you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Now, I'm really curious to hear about your your life and your upbringing. Can you tell us a bit about it? Being a, 
I suppose, a, a Torres Strait Islander man, um, you know, uh, born and bred. How, how was it all for you? Yeah, well, so I was um, I was born in, in Brisbane, and yes, I suppose you could say that I've been a child of two worlds, you know. Um, my, my grandfather left the islands um, years ago for a better life. Um, came to the mainland for you know better, for better work, for better working conditions for the family, and he wanted to have a future for his family with education and basically yeah wanted his his kids and his children's children to have a better life. And yeah, my father um, has been back and forth between the islands, um, but always um, was you know he was a, a a grown man in the eighties and nineties of. Brisbane um, as a as a black police officer, believe it or not, sure. you know, and so it was a very it was a very difficult time for him being one of the first or one of the first Torres Strait Islander police officers in the Queensland Police Force, mm. you know, and so it was a very very difficult time for him to walk in that world, and that sort of like came down to me as a child where I was born in Brisbane, and I was raised I was sorry I was raised in a very Western sort of culture and as i was going through my teenage years i didn't really want to connect to my culture but it's not until about in the last sort of five to ten years that i've really sort of gotten this drive and this need to go explore more about my culture so from something that i never really was interested in i've now it's my driving force and it's i want to know about my origins of of who i am and i've always walked in between two worlds you know i love technology but i also love culture as well you know yeah yeah oh, as, we, mm. as we've discussed i think the you know you're so so blessed to be part of it but the the, mm. the culture that you have is um is a, is a tremendous gift to, gift to the world and gift to humanity because I believe you've got such great natural assets here and, and really people that are struggling with, you know, imbalances and, and, you know, poor mental health, getting back to nature and getting connected to country is, is so important. Do you agree? Oh, absolutely. I 100% agree with that. I mean, I guess that's why when I started um, my mental health journey about four years ago, you know, I've, I've always felt this sort of emptiness within myself that there's a piece of me missing, mm. you know, and in my younger years, I felt that with alcohol and, you know, other substances that I really just wasn't being my best self. And, you know, I just, I, I just didn't really feel like I was complete. And then once I started looking after my mental health and following that journey, I just felt, I found a lot of peace and solace in it. And, you know, I didn't really, my father, and I didn't speak there for a couple of years. I was very angry. And um, once I started healing myself, I, we reconnected in the lockdowns and started building a relationship where I was confident to ask questions about the culture where I couldn't as a child, you know. Yeah, yeah. amazing, mm. mate. And, uh, yeah, look, what you mentioned is very common. And I was one of those guys that basically, like, felt like there was a lot a lot missing. And obviously we do fill the void with booze and that sort of stuff because it gives you, like, mm. a, sim- a simple... I suppose it's escape from 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 those thoughts and you know that 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 wonder I guess at the end of the day but um, I know I know the journey mate because um, I had the same sort of uh, disconnection and and really really I believe connection is the key to um, to 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 everyone's you know it's our birthright to do so isn't it to be actually connected and, and embraced and felt valued mm. and loved and so forth in community when we're missing that we do feel a bit empty eh. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, and, and you know, being being I haven't been to the islands myself. You know, I'm I'm drawing strength from you know the local Torres Strait Islander community where I am here now in uh, Melbourne. 
Um, you know, I've I've looked at some people that I look up to, you know, and now I'm surrounding myself with strong role models. So that way I know what are the right decisions and people that I can ask questions to, especially when it comes to language yeah. as well. You know, we want to keep language alive and that's I, I feel like that's the best way to keep culture alive is by using our language in an everyday capacity. So being around a strong Torres Strait Islander community now within NAM, I feel I feel really present with my culture. Yeah, amazing, mate. I think, yeah, you're right. We we certainly need to, like, you know, hold sacred the, the, the full Indigenous culture and, um, you know, really start to get back to those core, I suppose, values and those the, the, the languages and, you know, just that I haven't seen a cooperative for years, but when I was young, we, we'd go to them all the time, you know, and um, yeah. the more of that sort of stuff we can do and the more education we can provide, uh, white man, I think, you know, so much... Um, so much good will come for, for for the nation. And I just believe Indigenous culture too is probably an untapped um, tourist, um, you know, uh, opportunity that we're, we're not really uh, focusing on or embracing. You've got so much you can teach and, and also people from other, other other parts of the world to come here and learn that as well. Well, exactly. Like, you know, the, the Aboriginal culture is the oldest living culture in the planet. And, you know, I was it's funny you mentioned this, I was thinking about this the other day, you know, there's... You know, the, the pyramids and the Egyptians celebrate, you know, their culture and, and their rich history that lasted thousands of years. Why can't we do the same, you know? Yep, yep, agree, mate. I, I agree. We're, it's time to take that power back, you know. Mm. What, mm, what's absolutely. Happened, it's only been 250, 60, 70 years, whatever it is, but, um, you know, just to, to resurge and reemerge, um, you know, stronger, uh, I think is so key, and that's what we're really missing here. A lot of people in yeah. Australia don't have that, um, that that cultural connection. And, you know, like I, I thought about it today. My, my, my family's mixed from all these other different countries and, um, you know, not really having anything um, to, 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 you know, connect with and focus on, I think is um, such a shame. But if people can be really embracing of your culture here and, you know, learn and develop and be part of that, like I believe that you just want to teach us. You know, yeah. Indigenous people just want to teach us, but we're just we're not open to that, or we're ignoring it, and that's where there's such a tremendous need. I think moving forward. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Tell me about your dad. Like, uh, obviously, your dad would have had some challenges back in the day. Um, I would have thought, um, you know, policing, but also how did that affect his mental health um, over the journey? Uh, yeah, like it's, my dad and I have we have a strong relationship now, but you know, um, part of. Part of my healing journey when I was looking after my mental health was setting strong boundaries, you know. Yeah. Um, dad dad wasn't always there for me as a young as a young boy, you know. Like I, I, I had him around up until about I was about 13 years old. But it was, I think, from granddad. My granddad was a very strong man. He was the leader of our family and we're a very patriarchal society. But um, he was a very stern, strong hard-working man worked from the railways you know the the he set the our family set the record for the longest amount of rails laid in a single day and that record will never be broken to this day mm. because of conditions of what they were working in mm. and so he was a very hard-working stern man and dad dad seemed to run away from his culture a little bit you know but this is this is what it's like when you're trying to to live a life as a black man in this country yeah. in that time is that trying to find your place in this world where you've got western culture coming in and then your own culture and where do you find your place so i think dad spent a lot of time trying to find his place 
in this world for a long time and we moved a lot as kids you know born in brisbane lived in rockhampton roma moved out to tassie tassie to wodonga in victoria a little bit in western australia and then i'll eventually set it up in, in sort of like lismore in new south wales you know so i moved around a lot and so i was always like always having to meet new people i was always for me myself i was a you know a little mixed race baby in the 90s afro hair buck teeth i was with a weird name i got teased a lot <laughs> You know, I got teased a lot. And so it was it was a hard thing. And, you know, there's a lot of resentment there from a young age. But, yeah, eventually when I had to make the decision to sort of cut Dad out of my life and just sort of find my own way, Dad and I eventually reconnected as adults during the lockdowns, as I mentioned, you know. So I, I got to an age when I was the same age Dad was when he had me and it put a lot of things in perspective. You know, I look back at him in the time frame where he was with my mum, you know, an interracial couple in the 80s and 90s in Australia, that wasn't going to be an easy life, yes. you know. And so I, a lot of that angst that I had all sort of went away when I hit that age and I could kind of look at it from, an, you know, an adult lens. Mate, you need to be congratulated for that. And, uh, and really, uh, a lot of guys don't. They, they, they'll go to crime, they'll go to drugs, alcohol, whatever, and stay in that zone. And, and one, one real, real issue we've got here in Australia is punishing people. But uh, we don't actually understand what's going on in their lives. We don't take time to, to, to look at that and, and, you know, give them tools to heal and uh, actually, like, start to, to you know, go, go, go through therapeutic approaches rather than just bloody, you know, masking or, or suppressing our emotions. I think it's so... It's so wrong, you know. Yeah. You would know a few of your, your um, I suppose, community that have probably gone into incarceration and probably had poor mental health. And, um, you know, if they, if they do need that, they need this. They need this love and support and, and, and direction. But when we're not giving them that, I think that's where we're, we're failing as a society. Absolutely. And, and it's, it's not like that also we're, like, not given space. Like, it's, it's, a, it's that sort of hereditary that sort of, that way that fathers treat other their their boys and so on and so forth. We just learn from what's around us. But uh, you know, my mum my mum raised me in my teenage years and she did the best that she could. But I was I was a very angry kid. You know, I was struggling with identity. I was struggling with a lot of different things, you know, and I I suppose when music sort of has always been around me, if I didn't have music I don't think I would have been as expressive if that makes sense, you know, like music was the ability for me to sort of get my emotions out. And, you know, even, even, at, even when I was in high school, dad was living in WA, Western Australia. But, um, when I was in, uh, the last few years of high school, I lost four friends in a car accident, mm. you know, and I was in a band with two of these four band members. And one of, one of the other four was also, um, an Aboriginal kid who connected the community together. So it was really hard, pain so i was going through a lot of like death i was going through a lot of identity struggles i was going through a lot of different things mm. and i was a very angry kid and i i tried to do therapy but it just i, I didn't have at that time anyone else doing that or it wasn't really widely accepted or celebrated you know for me i was like oh going to see therapy i don't want to be another statistic i don't want to be another stat i don't want to think that i'm crazy you know like i went through those motions for a long long time yeah Yep. Oh, no doubt, mate. No, no, I've, I've got no doubt. And, um, yeah, sometimes, like, when, 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 we, when you say therapy, it's more the clinical, and, and the clinical sometimes is in the, is in the option. 
I believe, um, you know, if someone's done something wrong, then, then the, uh, when I said therapeutic, it's more around the holistic approach of, um, you know, giving people uh, the ability to heal or self-heal. Because you, you probably yep. needed that. You, you had the, uh, I suppose, the drive inside you to want uh, to wanna, to wanna really, you know, sort that out. But, um, you know, mm. if we're just sort of getting getting masked from, from, you know, moving forward and actually, like, just releasing ourselves from some of those stuck emotions, then, you know, um, we certainly find ourselves not getting too far. But, but mate, I, I really congratulate you for that. And, um, uh, you know, just to be able to, um, to to go through what you went through, like, geez, losing, losing a couple of mates and also at that age, while your brain's still developing too, mind you, it's like your brain is still developing up to your 25. And, you know, we go yep. through a lot in that in that time and, you know, that can take us on a... On a poor mental health journey, um, you know, throughout our life, unless we can do something about it to uh, to try and arrest it. Uh, absolutely, yeah. Like, I, and you know, it didn't stop there. With just those four friends. Every year for six years onwards, I'd, I'd lo- I would lose someone. I lost my grandfather. I lost another two friends on the same roads to different car accidents. Mm. You know, I lost so many different people over the years. I think it ended up being like I lost about twelve people by the time I was twenty six. You know, and it was just it was just one of those things that where I lived a life where I didn't think I was going to live past 20, you know, like it was that was it. And I just went I went hard. I went out. I went I partied. I I didn't everything. I just wanted to live life because I didn't think in my experience also not having my father around as well. I was just like, okay, well, fuck it. I'm just going to excuse my language. But, you know, I'm just going to live live a life because I'm going to die very soon and i i was adamant about that i didn't think i would live past 20 for a long time how old are you now i'm now 34 unreal unbelievable eh? and mate i never started to grow up until i was about 37 so it's all ahead of you pretty pretty Mm -hmm. much but um it's uh geez mate that's that's it's an amazing story is your dad still alive yeah, Dad's still around. Yeah, we're, we we have a strong, very strong relationship now. Dad, once I, I set those boundaries and, you know, I had to cut out, you know, the unhealthy things that were happening in my life, um, I think he realised that he needed to change some things, mm. you know, and he he stood up and, you know, it, it, it all started. And we've talked about this, you know. It, I, had, I had a show with my first band and we planned this big opening opening song of a track that we both worked together on when I was in uni and yeah, he just didn't show up mm. and I felt, I felt so, I was angry. I was pissed. I was like, I was 20, 25, 26. Mm. And I was like, I, I'm tired of feeling like a 14 year old waiting for his father to show up. Yeah. yeah. So I just was like done. I was like, nope, no, nah, I'm sorry, dad, you're not there. And then like five, he tried to call, he tried everything but i just like no 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 and then one day he just showed up to one of my dance gigs in melbourne just as a surprise thing and i was like oh okay i mean that's great but i've seen those big displays of you know affection or caring things before you know it's only a once-off thing but it was the consistency that happened after that he started showing up he called it was calling he was caring he was you know interested in what was going on in my life and he listened and paid attention to things mm. you know and he started to change and he started to break the molds of what had happened prior to his you know his upbringing he did everything that his father didn't do for him yeah amazing man i tell you what 
like in your dad, I'm hearing someone that just was focused on achieving and breaking the cycle of, um, you know, uh, just 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 not being uh, accepted. I suppose so. Mm. He, he put everything into being a good copper and to a, you know, and into being successful. But sometimes that that drive and that pride is our biggest downfall. Exactly. Yeah, and you know, also, Dad, um, my mum, my mum and dad, they also lost a child between me and my sister. So, mm. you know, they had a lot of things going on, and you know, in, in that time frame, I look back at things, and you know, Dad probably wasn't allowed to express his pain, or he probably yeah. he probably did, but did it in his own way, did it very alone. Yes. You know, and that's and that's the difference is that you know you know understand that you're not alone. And, you know, these days I, I, I lead by example in my family and I talk to my cousins, you know, my brothers, all my, all, all my brother cousins, like I talk to them, it's like, you know, it's okay to feel and also like just acknowledging pain, you know, we don't acknowledge enough pain or what, what you've gone through to get to where you are now. Because it's just not, it's, it just hasn't been a thing that existed in the past. There's no praise for men to say, hey, you survived this. You should be proud of yourself, you know? Yes. Yep. Oh, I agree, mate. Absolutely. Um, mm. Yeah, we, 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 we just got it wrong in many ways. And I think if you go back to your, your people, um, you know, a couple of hundred years ago or more, they probably had it pretty good with with regards to communication. They were coming together. They were doing things collaboratively, consistently. They had their own mm. communities, you know that type of thing. And mm. um, yeah, there was no there was no real stoic stoicism, I suppose, with regards to you know the hierarchy. Elders were respected, uh, all that type of stuff, you know. And, and yes. young men really had that direction moving forward and that initiation. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But now we're we're in this modern world where it's like, okay, well. You know, you've got to work. You've got to get money. You've got to you've got to do this, this, and this, and this is what you've got to do. But you know, there's no time for cultural practices. You know, there isn't time for that. You know, we don't get time off when NAIDOC week rolls around, and we can't, you know, go and actually celebrate our culture. We have to make it work within the systems that are uh, forced upon us. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, yeah, mate. Well, it's time to change that. You know, we we can yeah. make, we can make. We can do things to our lifestyles and that where we've got power rather than being disempowered. Oh, I really believe that. You know, if you can create a yeah. lifestyle which is supportive of you and your beliefs, then all of a sudden you can do these things which free you rather than trap you. And, you know, yeah. it's just to be aware of that I think is really key and important. What was it like yeah. when you went through that poor mental health period? What, can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, well, I was, um, like, like I mentioned, you know, I was sort of, I was, I was finding my way, you know, I was... I, I sort of look at look at um, my own journey and reflect on others' journeys as well about like as you know a modern black man living in this world you have to find your number one your path which way you want to go but also you've got to just, you've got to discover that like and that is just going out and doing things I I, I, I compare it I often compare it to something like uh, you ever had a rump springer from the Amish. And the Amish get get to leave leave their culture and then sort of like experience the world and whether they want to go to it or not. Yeah. I sort of I sort of compare it to that in a way where it's like, okay, well, I went out into the world, I experienced some things, I did some stuff, I you know, partied a little bit, did this, this, and this here, trying to figure out what I wanted to do, and then now I've done all that, and now I'm finding myself with this call to come back to culture and understand that this is where you need to be. And I look at a lot of you know a lot of my First Nations brothers and sisters out there. I feel like that's a that's a thing that we do but you know we're learning this and we're evolving in this and we've got to adapt 
to what's in front of us if we want to sort of live in this modern world and have our culture. Yeah. But in regards to my poor mental health journey, yeah, I was before I started before I started healing myself, I was I was a very angry person. My I didn't know I didn't understand my depression. I was diagnosed with depression about five years ago, and I just I I didn't understand it at all. I didn't understand depressive episodes. I didn't understand that these episodes last for weeks at a time. I didn't understand what my triggers were. So I would go, I I would be gigging it around this time doing cover shows or anything, and sometimes I'd just go in and I'd just be angry or upset, and people would be like, "What's wrong with you?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm just having an off day." But mm. realistically, I was putting on fake faces and smiling and entertaining others, but. I didn't want to be there, you know. I didn't want to be there. So all these thoughts of this sadness and not realizing what triggered my episodes um, just manifested itself in anger because I was looking at my world and I was like, well, I should be happy. Everything's going well. I'm gigging. A lot of people enjoy my music. You know, this is this is what is around me. And it's what people are telling me around me too. But it was a little bit gaslighty behavior. And I just got angry at myself because I just couldn't be happy. And it just went angry and then I'd be deep depressive spirals and drink a lot and that would spiral even more. And yeah, I just did not understand my own mind. But since starting my mental health journey, I found what my triggers were and I understand what they are. Stress is a major trigger for my episodes. Mm -hmm. So I try to avoid stress wherever I can. And since then, I've lived a very well-balanced life. Yeah, awesome. That's what it's all about, mate. At the end of the day, you know, like, Good on you again for having that self-awareness and, and being able to, I suppose, question and be curious about things that uh, that you might have once upon a time just sort of participated in because that that can lead you down a path which can, can take you to stress and anxiety which can lead into depressive thoughts and things like that, you know. So yeah. the ability to be able to interrupt that um, is really a skill um, and, and key because, you know, we're, we're, just, we're just on this uh, on this like road of like just just trying to grasp for temporary pleasure consistently but if we're actually going down that pathway and then we're we're getting knocked off balance and we're just having to go through the loop of depression and then come back out again it's it's crazy but to do some things that keep you stable i think is is really key and you know to yeah. basically be be really connected to that and that's that's uh, not negotiable for you i think yeah. is is, is uh, so important Absolutely, yeah. And I don't, I don't compromise. You know, I don't compromise my mental health for anyone these days. You know, because I've seen the destructive capability of what happens when I don't look after my mental health. Yeah. You know that, and that's and that's what my my new single is all about. You know, it's 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 it tells that story. You know. Tell tell us a bit about it because I'm really really curious to 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 you know embrace your music, but also I think this is just the start of some tremendous things to come for you. But um. The, the, the songs that you've released, they've actually got a lot of deep meaning to them. Yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got a few singles out um, at the moment, but it's all part of this this project that I've undertaken since following uh, the collapse of my band. Now I'm breaking out of solo artists. You know, all these songs that I'm releasing is all entitled under one project called Project Keyword, and it's all about the work that I've done on my, myself. Mm. Okay, and it's all, it's, it just talks about all these dark periods that I've been in, but uh, my latest single, Disconnected, actually tells the story about how my father saved my life from my own actions mm. during one of the lowest points in my life. You know, it was just around when I was uh, starting my mental health journey. Um, I lost a lot of personal co- connections. I I made a mistake, and that mistake cost me 
my job, my partner, my band, it cost me everything. Mm. And it was because I was an angry person and I wasn't dealing with my mental health. No one could approach me about things. So I, I embarked on a road trip up north to get some space. That's when things started falling apart and I felt very alone and isolated. But I was going up to see dad after we just reconnected in the lockdowns. I hadn't seen him in about three years and I just needed, I just got a, a van and I was just driving up north. And there were so many things working against me. There were floods, there were COVID outbreaks. There were so many things going on around me and I just kept persevering, pushing up and going to see my dad. Mm-hmm. And it was around Easter and, you know, dad didn't push, he didn't pry, you know, he, he knew something was wrong and, you know, I went in to get some food. You know, the house was full of family, but I just I couldn't socialise. And as I was getting some food, he asked me, uh, you're right? And then I just collapsed in his arms crying. And we went out onto the front balcony and just had a, a long yarn. And then he asked me a very serious question. He's like, do you have a plan to end your life? And I heard that before because I had some suicide prevention training and he was asking me the same questions that I was asked in training and he had that same training as well as a suicide prevention officer and I couldn't lie to him and I just told him yes I do and once he's once he told me off that ledge and calmed me down you know he was like okay you're safe and then he himself started breaking down and he said he couldn't stand to lose another child and it was there that I realized the weight of my decision and I started building up my strength from there and I turned back around and I started writing this song, Disconnected, which talks about that story. Mm. So, yeah, that's what that's what Disconnected is. It means a lot to me and it was written as part of the Archie Roach Foundation. And, um, yeah, it was, yeah it, was a very, it was a very powerful experience. Jeez, mate, that's, that's so amazing. You know, like being a father, uh, I would like that experience with my kids, but I, I would have loved that experience with my father too, you know. We, we, my dad just died a couple of weeks ago, and um, I've been down to his funeral and everything, but we were never able to have deep conversations at all, you know. Like, it was okay. always, like, sort of brushed aside or whatever, and, and I needed to do that, you know. A young man needs that, and, and, you know, you've got to that age in your 30s where it all came out. And you don't want to be yeah. feeling suicidal and everything because you've got all these like emotions which are really suppressed inside you and you know mm. unless you're able to get them out like it becomes a real bloody you know minefield in your own mind because you're just stuck, yeah. you're stuck there aren't you and um yeah be able, to be able to get that out is, is so important yeah yeah and that's it like we just we sometimes fall into cycles as men thinking that we don't want to be a burden on others you know, or that we have to do it ourselves, or that showing emotion isn't is a, is a sign of weakness. Mm. You know, and um, I'm just you know to see my father lead that change really helped me open up more about my my journey and myself, and and being able to express this through art and music is just is is incredible. And you know, I really have to thank my father for that. Just just uh, quickly before we wind up, what are the tools you use now to look after your mental well being? Uh, well, I, I write a lot. I write a lot. I I get things out of my head. Sometimes, you know, I, I still fall into some spirals or I, I can catch myself about to fall into a spiral. And either I'll write something out in a notebook, but what I've been finding lately that helps me is vocal journals. Mm-hmm. Just recording my voice either on my phone or somewhere just because my hands can't keep up with my thoughts. Mm. 
and rather than stop writing altogether, just to get it out and just keep that documented. You know, I'll give it like a title or I'll give it a date of when I did this. And sometimes I'll go back and listen to these voice recordings because I'm talking to my future self. Yes. You know, and also I'll, I'll do this either if I'm spiraling or if I'm in a positive mindset as well to remind myself of that things are okay, that you've come through worse, you've done, you've overcome this before, you've done things better, you know, like it's it's one of those things. So doing vocal journals and writing is, is what helps me in my mental health journey to this day, as well as, you know, still booking in regular regular appointments with my psych, you know, and um, trying to get on top of these, you know, like these these problems and these triggers and just avoid them wherever I can. Always making making time and space for yourself. Yeah, amazing, mate. And again, you got to be congratulated for that. Like at 34, that's, that's tremendous, you know. And I'll tell you what, I'd love to meet your dad. I'd love to get your dad on for a chat on this too because he'd have an amazing story as well, I would have thought. And, Absolutely. You know that's that that's uh, that's going to happen. Uh, I reckon. For yeah. Because sure, he needs to tell his story, and I'd love to be able to get him to do that on air. And um, Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm going to be uh, I'll be spending some time with him over the next couple of months, so we can definitely make that happen. Yeah, we will. Now, how can people connect with you? You got a tour coming up. You've got the new uh, the new EP coming out. The single, all that type of stuff. What's the best way to, to see what you're doing? Yeah. Yeah, so I've got the singles out now, and I'll be releasing an EP later on in the year. But um, yeah, I'm also um, heading, like I mentioned, on the road for a couple of months. I'm doing a, a deep dive study into my Torres Strait Islander culture over the next three months. So I'll be going up north, spending some time with Dad, learning more about culture and language and, and song and dance, and then going up to Mackay, where all, all my family is. I'll be doing pop-up shows around the areas, so people can catch me there. But just follow me on my socials, or just head to my website, kilowattcanal.com. Everything's all will be all updated there. And uh, yeah, just just yeah, just just Google Kiwa. It's a unique name enough. You can find me, <laughs> <laughs> mate. The best shit to come. If you're you yes. starting this journey now and getting out there amongst it, mate. Like, geez, I really want to encourage you to to put all your energy into into creating, you know, satisfaction for you, yourself and your own life. But how much good that's going to bring to other people, you know? And if you can bring out your emotions through your words and you know, be able to bring some joy to people's lives by doing what you love, I think that's a tremendous way to live. So, well done. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Cheers, bro.